Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is taken from our prophetic presbytery service, where Pastor Anna breaks down the prophetic gift in a clear and practical way. The Bible encourages us all to pursue spiritual gifts, but especially prophecy, so it is vitally important that we have a clear understanding of how to hear from God. We hope this podcast blesses you. Are we good tonight, church? Awesome. This is my first preach since I was pregnant. So I'm back. I feel like last time I preached, I had pregnancy brain and now I've got mummy brain. So just bear with me. If you're a mum in this place, you know it's rich. Do you know you actually lose brain matter when you've had a baby and it takes seven years to come back, but in between those seven years, you have another baby and it happens again. So we just don't have brains really. So lots of grace, (laughs) lots of grace over here. Thank you very much. Um, So yeah, today is... Presbytery, prophetic Presbytery Sunday. I keep getting that wrong. It's really exciting. I do. I love the prophetic. I think it's so important and integral to churches and Christians. Everyone, like Ben said, absolutely everyone needs to and should prophesy. I'll just quickly plug uh, Prophetic Foundations. I think we've got a graphic for that. Great. So I'm running a program. There's two of the same thing, just I don't want anyone to miss out in April and then again in July. And it's the basics in the prophetic. So if you want to learn more how to prophesy, if you feel like you have a gift, but you've never sort of stepped out, if you want to hear uh, more about hearing from God and learn about that, please come along. It's free. Obviously, we're going to have childminding. Um, Just scan that code and register so that we know how many people are coming. I'm really excited for it. All right, before I get into the meat of the message tonight, I just want to break down quickly, just a real quick breakdown into the what and the the why of the prophetic. It is important. So I think, Ben, did you just reference this? No, you didn't, but sort of. Acts (laughs) 2.17, Peter is quoting the prophet Joel here. And in the last days, And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So what what can we take from this passage? I have a hair like driving me crazy in my makeup. Just bear with me a second. Um, Everyone is called to prophesy. Everyone in this room is called to prophesy. Everyone, all mankind, all sons and daughters. That's you. That includes you. Right? 1 Corinthians 14.3. For the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification exhortation and consolation. I'll say that again. Why do we prophesy? To edify, exhort and console. It's very important. And we're jumping all around here, but this is super cool. We now look at Satan's purpose in John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. So let's put it all together. Satan comes to steal. The prophetic is to edify. Satan comes to kill. The prophetic is to exhort. Satan comes to destroy, the prophetic is to console. Hear me, the prophetic is a direct fight against the enemy's purpose against us. This is why it is so important and this is why everyone should be and can prophesy. How else are we going to be fighting against the enemy's purpose? with the direct opposite. We've been given a tool here. All right, prophecy is not words of knowledge. 
it often accompanies words of knowledge, but it's not words of knowledge. Because what would be the point for me saying from stage, um, Ben, I feel like you wear weird shoes. Amen, brother. Be blessed. He, what's he going to do with that word? He's, yeah, I do. Thanks. Or he might be offended and be like, no, I don't. My shoes are great. Yeah. Paris. I feel that word for you too. Weird shoes. Paris. <laughs> But I feel like it's going to save people. And that's the prophetic part. You go on to say, and I feel like your shoes are going to draw in the people that other people that wear. Okay, anyway, we're gone. Prophecy is also not just from the stage. It's not just on the microphone. And I think sometimes this is why people stay so silent and don't go after and and search after growing in the prophetic is because we see it from stage and we forget that it's for everyone. And it's not just if you have a microphone in your hand. It's also not just to see a reaction, people crying and falling over, etc. because it's not about us. Prophecy is calling out the golden people, speaking life, speaking identity, encouraging and loving. Speaking of shoes, it says, I don't have time for this, but it's a funny story. So these shoes are really cool. I love these shoes, right? New Balance, a little bit of tan, New Balance. I was at the tennis watching the guys play tennis and I had Micah and it was a really, really hot day. It was so hot and she was really sweaty. So I said to Brett, I was like, I'm just going to take her clothes off because she's so sweaty. And I picked her up and Brett goes, oh, oh, it's happening. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I know she's sweaty, Brett. Like, calm down. I'm going to take her dress off. It's okay. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, dear. (laughs) Anyway, what had happened is she'd pooped yellow poo all down my white shirt, all over this shoe here. And if you look close, you can still see a stain. But there's, there's no reason for that story, except for maybe the moral is next time, Brett, be like, she is pooing, Anna. Do something about it. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) What were we saying? Not shoes. Prophecy is. Prophecy is. Calling out the golden people. Speaking life, speaking identity, encouraging and loving. And we see this in Jesus' style of prophesying in the New Testament. He lives out what we should be living out in the prophetic today. The woman at the well. Jesus came, spoke to her. Yes, he did use words of knowledge, but just the fact that he was sitting there with a Samaritan woman, a Jewish man, culturally, his culture was saying she is unclean, she is a Gentile, she is unworthy. But the fact that he was sitting there and talking to her and conversing with her and giving her the time of day, that was a prophetic act in itself to say, hey, I see you. I'm going to give you my time. Actually, I think you're worth my time. Jesus and Zacchaeus was a tax collector. The Jews hated tax collectors because they were Jews that were working for the Romans, taking the Jews' money away from them to give to the Romans, right? So they hated them. They were outcasts. But Jesus said, no, Zacchaeus, I see you. Come down. I want to spend time with you tonight. Prophetically, the leper, I love this story so much. Jesus comes down from preaching and the leper It's so contagious. So I do understand why people were like, I don't want him near me. We don't want him in our city because he was so contagious, right? He wasn't supposed to be there. But Jesus said, clean. People say you're unclean. I say you're clean. The woman with blood. 
I said this this morning, just a crowd of people around Jesus, jostling Him, bumping into Him. But the person that He paid attention to, the person that He listened and, and, and got down in the dirt with was a woman that everybody else said was unclean and should not have been there. He called Simon, which means reed, blowing in the wind, easily broken. He called him Peter, which means rock, in which I will build my church. So... The title, I don't know what's going on with me lately. I was so thirsty this morning too, but it takes a long time to drink this. So just. Okay, we're back. Thanks guys. Grace. The title of my message is where has your authority gone? We're going to have a look at Ezekiel 37, Valley of Dry Bones. It's a big chunk of scripture. But Jesse Rose always says we've got to make it legal. So let's make it legal. The hand of the Lord was upon me. This is Ezekiel talking and he's talking about a vision that God had sent him. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He had me pass among them and around them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. Then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord God, you yourself know. Very smart. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says. Behold, I'm going to make breath into you so that you may come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a loud noise. And behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and behold, tendons were on them. Imagine this. And flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Who knows, sometimes you need to continue to prophesy over something. Son of man, and say to the breath, the Lord God says this, come from the four winds breath and breathe on these slain so they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath entered them and they came to life, stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. We're nearly done. He then said to me, Son of man, these bones are the entire house of Israel. These bones represent people. Behold, they say our bones are dried up. Our hope has perished. This is what the Israelites were saying to God. We are completely cut off. Therefore, Ezekiel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I'm going to open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves. My people, I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I'll place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Who notices how much God repeats himself? In all of that passage of Scripture, like over and over and over, he's saying the same thing. Did you know in the, um, in the Bible, they don't use exclamation marks because they've got different grammar to us, right, today. But they used to do um, repeat words. So that verse that's holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They're trying to get across how... Um, how much they were screaming or yelling, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. It was actually holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so I think this says something here that God is repeating Himself so much. He's trying to get across the importance, the emphasis of what He's saying to Ezekiel here. Now, Ezekiel was 25 years old when he went with 10,000 other Israelites captive to Babylon. 
And in that time, there was five years of prophetic silence until Ezekiel stepped up. So point one, authority comes from above, not below. Ezekiel was a captive ministering to other captives. That is a super important point. Ezekiel was a slave himself, five years of prophetic silence. And then he went, I, I hear the Lord. The Lord is saying something. I'm still captive. I'm not free. It's not like he left and came back like Moses to set his people free. He was captive and he was prophesying. He was under a corrupt government. He was oppressed. His situation was bad, but he understood that his God was big. And I think that we become so content and normalized in, in our captivity. And captivity can sound like a really dramatic word, right? But when you think about what we've made normal because of the world that we live in, because of our culture, it's, it's insane to me that we go, I go weeks thinking, oh, you know, I've got this tummy issue and I'm in pain and rah, rah, and then I remember that I've got a God in heaven that heals and, and performs miracles and actually wants me to be healthy and whole. But it takes weeks for me to get there. And, and we're living right now in a time of confusion and corruption and media that blares at us. And we let that become normal instead of God's authority being the norm for us. I heard a story once, Dan McCullum, he's a prophet in America. America. He's amazing. Love him. And he told this story. It was at this service where he um, prayed for this woman in a wheelchair and she was healed. And she got up and she was dancing and singing and everyone was praising the Lord for her healing. It was incredible. And then all of a sudden she stopped and she started to think. And then she sat back down into the wheelchair and he said, whoa, 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 whoa. what happened just then? And she was like, well, Dan, I, I've been in a wheelchair most of my life. I have been on government benefits most of my life. If I'm healed, I'm going to have to go out and get a job. I'm going to have to change my whole life and I'm not ready for that. I don't want to be healed. So she sat back down in her wheelchair and took back her illness because she was comfortable and content in her captivity. God says in Ephesians, I will give you authority in the high places. Let me tell you, you will never prophesy if you don't know your authority because it's a risk and risk without authority is gambling. Dictionary defines authority as the power or right to give orders, make decisions and enforce obedience. That's the dictionary on the internet, by the way, just for a reference. Very, very um, reliable. But this is the power that God has given us over Satan. He says, I will give you authority in the high places. So we have the right to give Satan orders. We have the right to enforce obedience on that little liar that is coming to kill, steal, and destroy from us. How do we do that? We use prophecy to edify, exhort, and console our life, the life of our friends and family, and our church, and our nation as well. All right, point number two. Be the one who stands in the wilderness. So Ezekiel's in the valley. It's dry. It's barren. The stench of death is there. But the word of the Lord was prevailing. I want to ask you tonight as believers, will we stand in the wilderness? Ephesians 6, 13 to 16 says, Therefore, oh, here we go again. Sorry. Oh my gosh. I need to get a different bottle. It's not good for preaching. 
Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. What does this mean? It means that we are the army of God. We are the soldiers of the Lord. And sometimes it can feel like you've done everything that you can, but instead of giving up, how about we still stand and declare in the prophecy and the words that He's given us already? It means we don't run away, but we continue to fight. And it's hard. Oh my goodness, it is so hard. It is so hard to continue to hope. It is so hard to continue to believe when it's been so long that you've been praying for one thing. Sometimes it does take a really, really long time. The Israelites, I mean, if you read through the Old Testament, they must have felt because it was true that they were constantly in captivity, right? They were constantly being enslaved by another kingdom that was super corrupt and super sinful. It says in Ezekiel, we just read, um, Son of man, so this is God talking, these bones are the entire house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Can you hear their desperation? They're saying it's over. We're dry. We are done. We have no God. We are cut off. They fell into sin. It says in Ezekiel that they adopted the ways of Babylon because they didn't know, they, they, they didn't know what else to do. They were like, there's no prophecy. There's prophetic silence. We're in captivity again, so we're dried up. So let's adopt the culture and the world of the people that are living around us. I had, um, I was sick for years, for six years. I was battling illness and no doctor would diagnose me. It was just insane. Six years before I got an indi- a diagnosis of chronic fatigue, um, PCOS and a, an infectious disease that I'd picked up from Africa that no one went to a specialist. No one could tell me. He was like, it's definitely an infectious disease from Africa, but we don't know what it is. So brought that back to Australia. Um Thank you. Welcome, guys. No, it wasn't contagious. It's all right. We don't know. Um, Six years of this. It was really difficult. And the chronic fatigue especially was just, um, if anyone has dealt with it before, you understand it dictates your whole life. Your work, your marriage, how much you see your friends, how much you can sleep. It's so intense and so insane. And for six years, I was, Fred and I were trying to pray against this thing and declare against it and battle. And, and you know, it was just getting a bit like, well, at least I know how to live with it, you know, which you do have to do sometimes. You have to continue to live. But at least I know. So I tailored my whole life around these illnesses so that we could get on with it. And, and it was just going to be a part of my life forever, right? One night, we had a conference here and we had a speaker and I was in the back room in the kids room and I was, I don't know, setting up the catering or something and we could um, hear what he was saying. And he said, I want to go after healing. So if you need healing in your body, come forward. And I thought to myself, you know, when you hear that and you know you need healing, you're like, yeah, but I've done that a million times before. I've been on that altar so many times for healing. I've been at other altars. I've been at the altar at my home for healing. And I just don't think it's going to happen. But I felt God say, go down again. Do it again. Stand again. I was like, fine. So I went down after the altar time. So, you know, it's always really awkward. Found the preacher. Look, you know, can you pray for me? And so he prayed for me. <laughs> Lightning hit my body. Never felt that before or since. Right over there, hit my body on the floor. He said, there's three-part healing for you. Three things I was struggling with. The next day, chronic fatigue, gone. 
next day, gone. Hasn't come back since, completely gone. And I think the infectious disease is gone too. I haven't had the face rash, so that's gone as well. And I'm praying for the PCOS. But my point is that sometimes it does take a while and you don't know when you're going to see your breakthrough, but sometimes we have to stand as a captive in the wilderness and say, I'm going to go again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to prophesy again. I'm going to declare again over that situation. Confident in what God says about the valley, confident in His authority to change it, confident in His ability to bring living water. Thanks, Tegan. I think that we need to start standing in the wilderness of our family. Standing in the wilderness of Morton Bay. Because let me tell you, out there, and when I say out there, I mean the world, okay? Out there, they're afraid. Out there, there's confusion. Out there, there's depression. Out there, there's anxiety. Out there, there's sickness. But I want to say that in here, we believe and we declare that there is healing. In here, we say, yeah, there might be some captivity. There might be some wilderness. But in here, we're saying we're not afraid. We're not afraid to speak out against the culture. We're not afraid of getting cancelled because we don't align with confusion and we speak truth, right? We say this is the house of God. God and everything else stops at the door. Everything else stops at the door. But if we're not prophesying, guys, if we're not prophesying, not me, not Pastor Caleb, not Fred, not Pastor Jesse, if you are not prophesying over your life, over your family, over your soul, what's going to change? How are you fighting against what the devil is bringing to you? If you're not prophesying, how are you fighting against the kill, still destroy? You need to edify. You need to exhort. You need to console. Come on. Actually, we're, yeah, we're going to end. I, I want to pray for some people. So if I can get the band up, that would be fantastic. How many valleys have remained dry because God's mouthpiece remained silent? I believe there are people here tonight that, that you feel like you've been um, crying out for something for so long like I was in my sickness, like I was in my fertility journey, hoping for something for so long that you get to the point where you feel dry. You feel like your hope has perished and you feel like you've been cut off. And if that's you tonight, we're going to have a time of prayer soon. But if that's you tonight, I want to invite you to take up that prayer again, to take up that hope again. God said to me once when I was going through um, my journey in fertility, He was talking to me and saying that, yeah, I felt like my hope had perished. I felt like I had lost my hope and I had nothing. And he said, well, isn't it good, Anna, that you serve a God that can hope for you and can carry that for you? Isn't it incredible that we don't have to do this in our own strength? Isn't it so kind of Him that we don't have to carry the burdens by ourselves? that He gives us the authority, but He actually gives us the shoulders to carry it on as well. He is such a good God. He is such a kind God. Why don't you stand tonight? I didn't want to preach very long because I want to pray for some people. You're going to have a drink first. See you in 20 minutes. Yeah, I feel like there are some people here tonight that 
Maybe it's not just one thing that you feel like you've lost hope for. Is you're not really praying for anything specific, but you 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 have a fear. You have a fear to speak out. You, you're not sure of your authority. You're not sure that that God has given you the power. Maybe in your mind you're like, that's just that's for you know the confident Christians that are preaching from stage. That's not necessarily for me. Maybe you're in here today and you're. You're like, yeah, the prophetic is cool when, when Pastor Anna gets on the stage and, and prophesies from the mic, but I don't know what that looks like in my life. Tonight, I wanna give you an invitation to take up that prophecy that God has given to all sons and daughters, all mankind, and declare it over your life. I believe that there are people here tonight that are feeling captive, that are feeling like um, they're in the wilderness. There are people here tonight that are feeling like, I, 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 yeah, I'm captive, I'm in the wilderness. How on earth could I minister to my family while I'm in this? How on earth could I minister to my kids when I'm in this, my friends when I'm in this. Tonight, I wanna pray for you, the team, we wanna pray for you. We hope the podcast blessed you this week as we dove into what the prophetic is and what the prophetic isn't. And we hope that it encourages you to pursue after the spiritual gift uh, and that you have a great week.